Welcome to Connections. I'm Colleen Hood with Mike Tom. COVID 19 is throwing a curveball at a lot of congregations all around the world. Today's guest has hit that curveball out of the park. Today we're joined by Tremaine Forbes. He is the pastor at Kingdom of Heaven Ministry. Now he's taken his church out of the church and is now out in the community. We're going to find out what the response has been like and why he decided to do that. That's coming up today on Connections. COVID-19 has definitely impacted churches across the country and across the globe. And today we're joined by Pastor Tremaine Forbes, and he's going to tell us a little bit about his ministry today. So, Tandy from uh, North Carolina, how, how about, first of all, a little bit of background. Just tell us about the ministry that you have out there and how long you've been pastoring with that church and stuff like that. Okay. Yes, I, I have a outreach ministry, um, and we've been pastoring uh, there for seven years. It's a church plant. So did you plant the church? I did. Where did that uh, desire and prodding from God come from? How did that come about? I think it, when I after I got saved, um, I knew I was going to do youth ministry. I've done youth ministry for over twenty years, and we've been very innovative in our style and the different things that we've done. But um, probably after I was maybe say five or ten years, I knew that the Lord had called me into pastoral, uh, well, was calling me into pastoral. And I um, I stayed at the church the way I was at for uh, maybe 20 years after that, and I wanted to make sure that the youth ministry was solid. I didn't want to leave them, you know, with broken pieces. And, you know, I served there until my pastor released me. What was that like to take that big step and leave a church you'd been with for so long and start something new and unknown? You know, it was new. It was exciting. I don't know how the uh, uh, people felt when they were journeying to the new world, but it kind of had that feel when you're going into um, not trying to be, you know, a trekkie or anything, but when you're trying to you feel like you're going boldly into somewhere where you've never been. And at the same time, just, you know, uh, following God and, and trying to do the best I can. Now, when you started up this church plant, what was the response like from the community? It was um, very good. Um, at first, we started in a small coffee shop um, of a friend of mine. He, had, you know, him and his wife had a coffee shop, and um, they had a side room. The only thing that you had to do was to um, spend maybe a hundred dollars in coffee and bagels and you know croissants and different things. And we would do that, and we were inviting people into the community from the community into our, our little uh, church, the little room, and it was nice because we always served. We would give them a give the gift card, and someone would go up and purchase the little cinnamon buns or coffee or tea or whatever they wanted, and then sometimes breakfast sandwiches. And we would have service, and I always had a little money left over that so would build up, and that was part of our hospitality that we had. I love that. That's so great. <laughs> like not only coming together to worship together, but you got cinnamon buns, man. That's right, man. You, man, what you know that shows the kind of God we serve. To <laughs> see that the Lord is good. <laughs> I love it. Uh, so, about seven years ago, that began. You said, and of course, uh, about nine months ago now, COVID started to slowly creep up in North America. I'm wondering, but what was the start of the pandemic like for your ministry in your area? 
um, basically what happened was, um, I think in January, we're going into a new year. And well, let me even back that up even further, because I don't know if y'all had the same phenomenon we had. But about December, I kind of was praying, and I told, I was seeking new direction for the ministry. One thing that was funny, we didn't have any of our speakers. We generally have all our guest speakers, everybody we're going to have for the year, um, going into the new year. We had nobody all the way up into February. I could not think of, we had who we wanted, but I never asked anyone. Mm. And so that happened. And then before that, in December, I told the ministry, um, we're going to buy a lot of toilet paper, buy a lot of Clorox. We're going to buy a lot of detergent and dishwashing. And we're going to put them in bags and we're going to pass them out in the community starting February the what is it, February the 2nd, 2020. Really? That's what ain't that funny? And that was before everything, right? Like you're stocking up on toilet paper before people even knew that they yeah. should be stocking up on toilet paper. <laughs> that, that's what was so funny. And even the members of our church. But see, I, I kind of, I always try to have a somewhat of a diplomatic system in my church. And I, before I did it, I read it through my, the deacons and the elders and one of the elders made a point where we don't want to overtax the people, which it wouldn't overtax the people. But, and I, I just heard that and I just kind of said, well, okay, I won't, I won't do that. And sure enough, everybody in my church knew, but we didn't do it. And so that I said, man, I missed out on the opportunity. Yeah. I, missed out on the opportunity. I don't know what restrictions were like in North Carolina. Uh, was there a time where the government asked churches not to meet in person? Yes, it was. And I'm, I'll give you the timeline on that. In the mid of February, about mid-February, I heard that the school system was going to take a two-week break, and then we're going to do it every two weeks to figure out what was going on. And the moment I heard that, I met with my elders and deacons, and they felt impressed that we stopped right in February, the mid-February. So we stopped before the, the government mandated it, probably about about um, the first week in March, to, that we couldn't have, that you could only have 10 people in church. And, and then later on, they moved it, that you could have maybe, I think, 20, outside if you did it outside then they progress to you can have outside people could sit in their car as long as they pulled up to the church inside of their car you could preach from the church um to people to the car so you had made the decision though not to have people in person um and tell us what happened next after doing that for a while with your church building but what we did we we actually did some we did some engagements outside, but it was taxing because really when you have only ten people or whatever, a lot of my people really were apprehensive about COVID, and I didn't want to try to make you know do any fear mongering or make them where you don't believe in God or this or that. Right. And so I didn't enforce it, but people we we had outside services. A lot of people were blessed. People drove by, they stopped, and then finally I, it dawned on me. Um, the next month, I said, maybe I should just come out of this church. I've been wanting to come out for a while anyway because um, we were there for seven years and we were paying about $1,000 every month, and, and we really were breaking even. So we decided in August um, 
that we were coming out of the building and we were going to make it a um, one-fourth outside. We were going to have one-fourth contact with people, not social distance, but with our members, and then we were going to have three-fourths all social media. And then I said, you know what? Um, you can't you can't get, you know, really get people coming to church. So I asked the saints, I said, well, can we just come to your church and have a, a, a have different services in your yard and not, we didn't want the mics to be loud, so we don't disturb your neighbors. We just want to keep the family system going. But as we started to do it, uh, my, my people weren't having that anyway. They turned the mics wide open. And I must admit, people came out on their front porches, sat around the yard. I didn't even know my cousin. I had a cousin that was hooked on drugs that was actually um, a couple of doors down from the members of my church. And they live in a nice neighborhood. And came out, got saved. People were getting saved. And they stood in their yard while they were doing it. But before that, we had a couple of services before that. But we just finally did it when we did it at Church River Yard. Had about 40 people to attend. And the next story is the deacon who yard we had it in, their family called and asked, why didn't y'all tell us that y'all were having service? And I didn't want people to just bunch up on each other and not be prepared for that. So the next service will be at, the deacon's sister's house, and we're going to have a, it's going to be huge. I'm just saying that it's going to be huge. Are you doing this like all around the community then, or is it in near the church, or are you reaching a further area now that you're doing it this way? We, we're calling it war campaigns. We're doing it all over, everywhere. In my Matter of fact, um, I stepped out, Emerald out this morning, there was a young married couple from Maryland that was here. And I have my wife and sister to sing, the, the anointed singers, and people just, you know, people were blessed. They've sung to them a a song that fits wedding. It was really a song. It's a Christian song. It's, it's a, a song by um, the Winans. But she's, they sung it, and it sounded like a love song to them, but they let them know that, we, that it's a song to God. But it's about that union, and I'm telling you, they were blessed. So we believe in the tabernacle procedure. The tabernacle was taken they took, they went, it was mobile and you could take it anywhere. Uh huh. So that's what you're doing now. You've got yourselves a tabernacle. <laughs> you're picking yeah. up, moving around and preaching the good news. All around, all around the county is our real goal. But we, I, my, I, I take it anywhere, Doc. Tell us a little bit more about the county, about the community, about the demographic and the people that are in this community. Well, we're Southern and I'm going to tell you, North Carolina, I think over a thousand churches met before I went and protested against our governor to stay open. Um, I wasn't one of those churches because I do, I believe in that God will give you a strategy like he gave Joseph. You know what I mean? Um, he gave Joseph a strategy how to preserve the people. And I also believe that the same way that when Herod was after Jesus when he was a baby and they took him by way of Egypt. Um, to preserve them, I feel that, and then even times where you had the Apostle Paul who was locked up for, for, for a good portion of his life because he preached the gospel, used the technology of the day, which was vellum and codex and papyrus, and wrote out the scriptures and sent them out. So that same way, I'm using the social media and some limited contact to get the gospel out. One of the good things that have come out of COVID, in my opinion, is that so many churches are being forced to rethink how we do church. 
Now that you've been freed up from a building and you're going around and preaching in yards like this, uh, oh, I got it too. Have you, uh, like, does it make you think maybe sometimes as churches we get too tied to our buildings and things like that? We really do. If we notice, Jesus compared us to a vine. And if you know anything about a vine, a vine is an opportunistic plant. It'll grow over a building. It'll grow over, if your car's sitting in the yard too long, it'll grow over your car. If you, if you have it on your, if a vine go to your mailbox, it'll grow over there. If you stand still long enough, it'll grow over your feet. <laughs> but you know, a vine grows, can grow over everything. And the beauty, the beauty of a vine is it grow, always grow toward the sun, S-U-N. And so we always, we always should grow toward the S-O-N, the sun, which is Jesus Christ. Were you surprised at some of the people that were showing up in those yards? You mentioned a cousin that was a few doors down. Are you reaching people that you never would have reached inside a church building? Absolutely. Absolutely. Matter of fact, um, out of the sermon, I generally, when I preach on social media, most of the time I cap off around about somewhere between 200 to 500. Um, we've now... On that particular day, we capped off at 1,500, and it, it shocked me. Because we've been preaching it. We, I've always had a ministry where we preached outside. My, my idea was at least every two months we were going to go outside and preach. And so I'm used to that. But never did I think we were going to have this type of response. What's next for you? You mentioned you'll have a, a opportunity to preach at a deacon's house with a bit bigger yard. Do you have more plans, or are you just seeing where God leads? I, I, I'm going to say this. The Bible says a man plans his way. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. But God, but God God knows. And so we're going to just kind of follow, like you said, the leading of God. And whenever a door is open, uh, Paul would say, um, pray that I have a door of faith open. I would, I, I'm telling you, I'll preach anywhere. I, I, and I won't go in and act crazy and go into a school and disrupt the school or go into Walmart and disrupt Walmart. Now, we have... Um, went to a, I was in a, a ministry convention and we started singing in uh, Disney, the um, Magic Mountain. And literally you could hear people start to join in as we sung the gospel. That was before we had, uh, you know, people use the social media platform of doing it. We just, I just had some dynamic singers and it just spread like wildfire. So I plan to take this gospel wherever the Lord leads. And can I say this one thing? Our finances were um, greatly hindered even during the time of using this social media. And I'm going to tell you the phenomenon that would trip me out. I preached in somebody's yard, and we took up at least $3,000 more than we take up on a Sunday. Wow. So what would you say to other churches out there who are struggling right now? They're confused. They don't know what to do, if they should shut their doors for good, or if they should do something like you. What would you say to them? Look, let me say this. I, I'm, I'm not opposed to shut out. If I really believe that the Lord, that things weren't going to turn out, and I mean, I, mean, I had confirmation from the Lord, I would literally close my door and join somebody's church and be the best member I ever could be. And I would resource my people out with no kind of, I would be a little disappointed, but I would, I would say, well, God had other plans. And sometimes we don't know till we do one thing. And the Bible says that the pot, that the party has his hands on the, on the, on the clay. 
and in the midst of the clay being in his hands. Now watch this. They were in it was in God's hand, but it started to mar and to uh go down. And the Bible says that God turned into another vessel. So don't ever you're undefeated. That's what I actually preach Sunday, undefeated. And I said, you, you, you're never undefeated as long as you're in God's hand. And so, but I would encourage any pastor to do, look, stay strategic. Look and see what your brothers and sisters are doing. Anything that we are doing as a body of Christ, we're doing it as the body. So I don't, any ideal I have, and I tell ministers this all the time, any ideal I have is God's ideal. It's not mine. I'm going to share it. And people are like, I wouldn't share that. I said, I don't care about sharing. If somebody could do it better than me, then I'm going to learn from them, and I'm going to be able to perfect the ideal that I have. Love that. So do whatever God puts in your heart the best you can. And if you can't do it, don't worry about it. Join another team. What a great outlook, uh, Tremaine. Uh, Hey, tell us, if we want to follow along with your preaching online and social media and stuff, how can we do that? Um, Go to Kingdom of Heaven. Type in Kingdom of Heaven Ministries. Now, that's not a, a just complete original name. So go to Kingdom of Heaven Ministries. We're in Greenville, North Carolina. Our background so far is purple and gold because in our community, you're asking about our community. Our community is a college community because we have East Carolina University, which I graduated from with a degree in sociology. Um, And you can find us there. So Greenville, North Carolina, Kingdom of Heaven Ministries. Look for Tremaine Forbes and... uh, I would love to connect with any brother and sister that that wants to connect with me. I will help whoever can help, and I and I solicit all prayers and help as well. You know, you'll have a bunch of Canadians praying for you and maybe watching along with you this week. Thank you so much for joining us today. Remember, if you want to listen to the full conversation again, you can find the podcast version at podcastville.ca or wherever else you get your favorite podcast. You can also listen. Connections is on twice a day, once in the morning as well as once in the evening. We'll talk to you again on Connections.